0: Andy, it's a new podcast, new theme tune, and we're talking about David Ogilvie. You're not advertising to a standing army, you're advertising to a moving parade. Bloody hell. I know. That's cool music. Yep. David Ogilvy. I know. Wow. So I guess for the listeners, um, we've been winging this podcast for a hundred and forty odd episodes, and now our team are prepping topics for us. You want to do this properly now. I think so. I think that's what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's like when you have to like stop messing about at school
1: and study for your exams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, on- the only slip up we've had with this is they provided us the topics about ten minutes ago. So, <laughs> L- luckily we, we know a couple of things about marketing so yeah or we might just have to wing it yes yeah, so I guess who's David Ogilvy? there's a good start he presents all those nature programmes oh yeah yeah it?
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, David Ogilvy, uh, commonly known as the father of advertising I believe um, so almost like if you've seen the, the series Mad Men I guess he's like one of the original Mad Men uh, obviously founded Mather and Ogilvy. they're still very much going now but Belief he had a strong belief in direct response advertising. He would write ads that shifted products or services. So, you know, Rolls-Royce was a famous client of his. Um, very much fluff-free, hated adjectives and adverbs. So very much a, a man cut from our cloth, I'd like to say. Or we're cut from his cloth, rather.
0: Yes, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's it's got, it's got a book called Ogilvy on advertising. And I guess if you didn't know... You, Actually, can you say that? Well, If you did, if you didn't know, Why did advertising? You start friends? <laughs> if you didn't know advertising or marketing, and read that book, I think you would think all marketing and advertising people are bastards.
1: And there's there's quite a bit of boobage in there. Well,
0: yeah, he's, some he, of his ad
1: campaigns had naked
0: ladies. I'm lit- sure there's
1: naked men as well.
0: He's literally sex sells. That's one of his one of his things. You know, he's one of the instigators of sex sells. Um,
1: Scandalous. John. Well, what about that ad campaign of me in a bikini? That did nothing. Well, it got its own niche. Um, I got, we got one very strange inquiry. That was, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> we're digressing already. We've got to stop this. You said we're doing it properly
0: now. Yeah, well, we can digress a bit. How are you? What have you been up to? <laughs> I, I, I totally forgot we were doing the podcast.
1: Totally forgot it was being videoed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have worn a very strange combination of clothes today, like pink socks with, Green and orange striped Adidas trainers.
0: I can make you feel better. Go on. I'm wearing a T-shirt with a sloth dressed as The Flash on it. That is,
1: did Hannah get you that? You should, uh, where's your Muppets one?
0: Do you want to know how else I can make you feel better? I've reached a point in my life where I'm such a geek that I'm now part of a T-shirt subscription service and I get sent a geeky T-shirt once a month. Oh my God, what isn't available on subscription now? And they've got me nailed. You go on and you say what, what you're interested in, so I put comic books movies and geeky stuff. And they sent me a T shirt with a sloth. Just as the Flash. That's, That's pretty, really pretty good cool. Going. And they sent There's me another Cohen t- shirt. Oh yeah. And they sent me another T shirt, which is the Jurassic Park logo. But it says T Rex spelled T E A. And the T Rex skeleton is holding a teacup. Wow. I'm that cool. But, but subscription, generally
1: speaking, is just goes on by you know, forever to die. Mm. I uh, understand say with razors, very popular subscription model with t-shirts i mean surely a, a man or woman only needs so many t-shirts to, so did it only last for six months or something until i cancel how many t-shirts you I, mean, I i know you've got a very big house but i mean there's got to be a lot of room to stuff all these t-shirts
0: i've only had two so far
1: how long are you going to have to stay with it for oh well, i've and got poorly. can you send me the details That's got, awesome. i was
0: gonna say i've got to be honest Andy, i haven't um, they
1: have a star trek theme one
0: probably you're full of questions um I, I haven't really thought about the consequences of a t shirt build up. I've had quite a lot of other stuff going on. So. When, when Hannah starts swearing about I can't move in her bloody house. Well, she's in no fucking position to swear about clothes. So, <laughs> I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Right. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Ogreby, oh, how do we get on to that? So, um... Subscriptions, good advertising. That's what that was. Uh, so. Oh, and sex sells and boobage. Yeah. There was no boobs in the t shirt advertising. Yeah, that, that's protestant. Just uh, dinosaurs and superheroes. That got me. But.
1: Ogilvy, yeah, it is like the Bible in our office. You come and work at Cobreak. Uh, out of the, the many books we could recommend you reading, uh, maybe including Stay Hungry by, by Amazon best-selling authors.
0: Andy and Joel. Joel Stone. That Stone. That, that's a good
1: one. Yeah. I, I, Available for 27p at the moment, I believe.
0: I've heard you make that joke already. <laughs> I think it was
1: 36p last time, Joel. <laughs> it's a very, very different joke. But yeah, uh, Ogilvy on advertising, it's, it's one of the books. just cannot it's recommend a beast. If you're interested in... in direct response marketing. If you're interested in just like pretty stuff,
0: it, it, yeah. you won't like it at all. There's um, Ogilvy, the two books that everybody here should read for sure. And anybody with the slightest bit of interest in growing their business, Ogilvy on Advertising. And this is Marketing by Seth Godin. A two monster books in terms of understanding how to communicate with people. And then once you've got those people, how to nurture those relationships and, there will not be a advertising course in the land that in some way doesn't link to techniques that Ogilvy came up with in the first place or you know, I mean even his techniques come, some of them come from the Roman times but
1: which, which you know all joking aside that, that's a bitter pill to swallow for some marketers to think that so you know it's not always the newfangled stuff of course as marketers you know and entrepreneurs you can easily take your half the ball with the next shiny bright thing that comes yeah. along and, and there's different social media platforms and algorithms and uh, Sometimes it's the old-school stuff that, that will work the best, and you can't forget those old-school principles of marketing just for the sake of, of a new algorithm or a new platform. What Ogilvy said 50 years ago is still applicable now, and, and again, that's a bitter pill for some to swallow.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So one of the bullet points I've got in front of me, hopefully we know what we're talking about to progress on this. Keep adverts running. Don't stop the spend or your ads until you've seen the results. Now, we've had many a client and we've met many a business who's, when their ads don't do anything in the first few days, even though it's a two-month campaign, they cut it dead. Oh, it's not working, let's stop. But if it's a two-month campaign, surely the whole point was to see how it did over the two months. And that's what is getting at, that... I mean, we've, we've got a client at the moment who you can run a campaign for them and they won't sell much for the first six days of a seven-day campaign and then on the seventh day they'll sell out. But if they'd have stopped on day three because they weren't selling many, they'd have never have found that out.
1: I think most people give up too easily in business in general. They go to one networking meeting. Well, that was shit, Joel, didn't get any business.
0: And it they, was shit, though.
1: They, and they never attend, well, we've been to some shit breakfast, that's for sure. Um, the podcast Stay Hungry podcast pretty quiet for six months then it snowballed and absolutely crazy uh, I mean we, we've launched websites like back in the day when we didn't maybe uh, onboard people as well as we could have done we launch a website for them really excited the next day they're on the phone asking why they're not page one of Google it's like well, that's what, my favourite your website launched five hours ago yeah but why aren't I on Google I mean don't get me wrong it's our
0: fault for not having explained it properly but it's like it doesn't work overnight like that why not though I want to be on Google. I want to be the top of Google. Well, there's people that have been there for three years who consistently add content to their website and, and advertise regularly. And give Google a shitload of money. Yeah. Yes, but I want to be ahead of them. Okay. Well, we can make that happen. This is how much you need. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to pay for it. I, I don't want to pay to acquire a new customer. can I just be top? I, my company begins with the letter A. I thought I'd be top. That's my favourite. Oh, yeah. What was our first company? Aardmark Advertising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ah uh, advertising ah uh, yellow pages
1: I would feel I would feel bad about them, but they were real It's a genuine starting business
0: if the yellow pages somehow makes a comeback It's a genuinely good tactic to start your company name with an A because you will be first unless you pay for the top slot so there's you can always, have that one on me yeah always for, always have an upsell after the zombie apocalypse yellow pages comes back you've got that one in the bag now okay, so Ogilvy talk to me about Ogilvy's attitude to advertising.
1: No fluff, no theory. That's mine, actually. That's it? yours, that, yeah. That's mine. I, I, think, I think copyright, good copyright is so underestimated now. People, obviously the design of an ad is important, where its place is important. And actually you've got to get your target right. Market message media, that has, that has never shifted. You've mm-hmm. got to know who your audience is, where they consume their media, their media and obviously put the right message in front of them. Um, so if, you know, if, if, if none of your customer avatar reads the, Daily Mail, don't bloody bother putting an advert in the Daily Mail. I really should think of a newspaper, but I don't like any newspapers, really. Um, so, so you've got to know where they're consuming their media. But once you've got them, especially nowadays, there's so much competition for their eyeballs. How do you get your ad to stand out? How do you hook them in? And how do you get them to consume your message? Yeah. Especially if it's a long message. Because yeah, I know, say we're doing a Facebook ad campaign for client, we'll test various different forms of ads, we'll test short form copy, long form copy, and long form copy can often work the best, but you've got to find ways of hooking them all the way through. So they don't just start reading and get bored. You've got to retain their attention all the way through. Same in email marketing. Yeah. And and Ogilvy knew that so well. So some of his copy, like you know. Uh, advertorials for Rolls Royce, whoever it might be, you know, five, six hundred words. So, telling a story, really. Well, how it, do I uh, keep uh, the, sto- the, the story, the people's interest in the story?
0: I was just about to say, there's a very frame, famous framework in marketing called Story Brand. Ogilvy was doing Story Brand before Story Brand existed. He he understood how to take some, and he a lot of his advertising work was based on uh, premium lifestyle businesses, so like a Rolls Royce or And so, he would use that aspirational story of make, you know, Rolls-Royces weren't always this glamorous vehicle. It was people like Ogilvy that positioned them correctly by telling the story, by showing the lifestyle you might have, by explaining the difference in the craftsmanship in a Rolls-Royce versus a Ford. And, well, he famously sacked Rolls-Royce as well, but... That goes to show how deeply rooted he was in his principles towards advertising. That when the client didn't play ball, he wasn't afraid to walk away from one of his biggest clients.
1: No, absolutely. So, so I think yes, yeah, some people might see some of the pictures from some of his ad campaigns and, and and make some judgments about principles. But like you say, resigning a massive account like that because a number allegedly a number of their products turned up and just were faulty,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he he left that account, he walked away, and. Not many business owners would do that when someone's there why dangling a check in front
0: of you. Yeah. It takes, that, takes a lot to walk away from that. Exactly that. And if you think you spent all that time and all that passion, because that's where it comes from, a story, in building the story, building the profile of the brand, telling people what great craftsmanship it is, what great quality it is. And then when the example units show up to you and they don't meet that standard, and they're the ones that the company knows are going to the person that wrote that story. It's brilliant that really, you know, it's brilliant that he had the strength to stand up to them and say, well, if you're sending these to me, knowing who I am, what are you sending to your customers? And therefore, I'm walking away. And Like you say, it's very difficult to do that, but it also shows kind of what the man was made of.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes advertising, just, just its very name, can have a dirty association with it.
0: It's considered a bit of a dark art. That's the, yeah. I think that's the thing, you know, I, I guess the word Og- Ogilvy certainly would get called a manipulator. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of a, a podcast called Stay Hungry, <laughs> I think that yes, we are manipulators. Absolutely. I wouldn't deny that we're manipulators. But manipulating someone to buy something that that they need, that they genuinely need, or that will genuinely bring them joy, or help, is very different than manipulating someone to buy something that they don't need. And we do see marketing campaigns that prey on the vulnerable, and they'll get found out. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I think, um, like any any industry, there's a dark. Yeah, to it on yeah, the a, light side.
1: absolutely, absolutely. You know, even in you know the, the charity world, there's some stuff going on.
0: Oh, and CEOs yeah. of charities getting paid a fortune to make sure the the charity doesn't make a profit. Hmm. There you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, advertising, marketing, yeah, a bit of a dark art. You talk about direct response, copywriting. You talk about SEO. There's you know, there's lots of jargon you can throw about. But if you made a decision to buy something. Generally speaking, it's because of advertising or marketing. Somehow, that brand has got into your head Mm -hmm. and shown you how they can help you make your life better, take away pain, whatever it may be. And In fact, I think we're going to do a podcast soon talking a lot about uh, what we call pain stacking that that most marketers don't have a clue about. But it's hugely important. Um, And even even the most sceptical of people talk about "Ah, marketing. Oh, it's a load of bollocks, isn't it? Just selling shit to pricks who don't need it. That's what, how one of my friends described it. What and, does he do? Uh, uh, um, he's uh, He's got a PhD in chemistry and he does uh, research into cancer
0: and saving lives. So oh, that, shit. So there's no comeback there. Yeah. I was, <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 thought, I was hoping he was going to end up being yeah. like a perfumist or something.
1: No, he generally said to me, well, yeah, sell it, selling shit to pricks who don't need it. I actually, used worse worse words than that. And well, what like, do you fucking do? Like, yes, save Steve, lives? What do
0: you do for a living? And,
1: and, and, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot, I forgot how, how is the cancer research going?
0: Well, once <laughs> once a guy needed a car and I sold him two. So, um, But then, yeah, we talk about
1: what car he drove
0: and uh, then realise
1: that, yes, it's because like, basically sponsored of various TV channels, he bought a brand, you know, a, a well-known brand, and it was because it had a reputation for safety and trust and he had a family, and that's why he bought the car.
0: So he's admitting to be one, one of the idiots?
1: Basically. Didn't lie. Then he started talking to me about his cancer research stuff and,
0: and does I'll... he test on animals I could get him on that <laughs> yeah he, he got a bit
1: frosty to be honest.
0: so yeah you know, sort of poor rabbit parted
1: ways um, but yeah so so ogilvy just pretty, I mean I can't kind even of think when when ogilvy advertised when that when that was written the 70s or early 80s maybe or, was it that late know. Yeah, because, I mean, he's working.
0: Like, well, 40, well, yeah, you go on him. YouTube and type him in. He's a pretty mm, old guy in some of those videos, yeah. Got
1: some great videos. Um, but, yeah, talk about the ad campaigns, about, yeah, you know, he won't be, like, writing one ad to go in one newspaper for one night. It's like it, it, it is a moving beast. You've got to get in front of people and stay in front of people. And, to be honest, it's easier to do that now than back in his day. But it's about having that campaign. And, you no, know, of course, you can't just – chuck money at an ad campaign for like years on end oh i'm not sure it's working but you can't expect it to work overnight you know we we got clients we've launched a facebook ad campaign and within you know within one or two days they're getting shitloads of inquiries and sales and that's brilliant but generally speaking you've got to test and measure and and so, so i bought this new oh i knew i'd get onto this sometime
0: but oh. I'd, f- I'd find an angle here somewhere i have got my new whip strap gel did you know about that uh, I, I did, yeah, because you conned me into thinking you're doing me a favor, so you got a month free. Well, you know, you scratched my back. Um, so this whoop. I'm track, waiting it's, for the
1: other way round. It's a, it's a well-being monitor measures your heart rate and all and all this kind of stuff, um, but it's got to know your heart rate, your respiratory rate first. So basically, it doesn't really give you much data for four days. That's the learning period it has to understand your physiology, and it's the same with our campaigns. You need to test and measure. You can't just you you. Choose the right marketer or advertiser to work with, of course, so their experience should get you off on the best foot possible. Yeah. Absolutely. But even if a campaign goes really well and say, like, oh, my God, I've got 10 inquiries. Oh, well, that's brilliant. Let's see what we can do to get you 15 inquiries for the same yeah. price. And test and measure, which requires time. And I guess maybe some people, they, they don't want it to, to be – it's not even complex, but they, they want to put an ad in the paper one night and sit there waiting for the phone to ring. As, oh,
0: one, as my nan says, patience is a virtue. But <laughs> I think, yeah, something Ogilvy was very hot on was frequency. So he strongly believed that and, and proved that you can continue to run an ad and it will remain as effective. And he meant television and radio advertising at the time and print print media. It's been now, in our generation, with, with digital advertising, there actually is a limit. There is a frequency mm-hmm. limit. You can hit the ceiling where th- those people have seen that advert so many times that it's essentially become annoying or just no longer fruitful. Mm-hmm. But with the media that he had to work with, it wasn't possible to reach that ceiling. So what he was saying is that just because you've seen that advert several times doesn't mean your audience has. and that's that's still important today it's literally
1: like he was working in marketing now because that's still uh, a concern we come across with a lot of business owners saying oh oh but i've seen my ad three times now or my mate john rang me up to say he's sick of seeing my ad well how many times have oh, we have seen it at least four times now well that's that's still not enough and like i say it's that balance you don't want to piss people off or spam them but you've got to understand the one person who does get annoyed because they've seen your ad twice Compare that with the nine people who bought off you. Yeah. And you can't let that one person or that one evil tough guy or, or basically troll ruin your business. We have the same same with email marketing. You know, it's always a, a healthy conversation we have to have with a new client about email marketing and the frequency. When they're like, oh, I want to use email, but I don't want you to email people more than once a month.
0: Well, don't bother them. You're not going to enjoy the marketing that sells system. <laughs> <laughs> what if someone unsubscribes? Well, are Good. you spamming them? No. Well, then they've
1: done you a favour. They've cleaned your database for you. And it's getting over that one person's pissed off, nine people are happy and bored. And you've got to be okay with that. If if you want to be more visible, make more noise, sell more stuff, there has to come that that small, small downside. And if that worries you, you might face yeah. a few challenges.
0: I mean, we've all, we've all got those friends as well, those friends that hate, being advertised to, or claim to hate being advertised yeah, to. My guns, mate. There's one. That's a weird way to describe him. But yeah, so I say, yeah, yeah, Steve, um, that, that's my... Steve, yeah. um, or, or that kind of friend on the high horse, oh, I only buy from local suppliers, blah, blah, blah. But at some level, they've still been advertised to. The belief that you should only buy local is a campaign in itself, the Buy Local campaign, and it's a real st- and, and the belief that you should only buy organic for example and, and without getting controversial and going to death organics kind of a load of bollocks there's growing stuff at home yeah that's that's organic makes sense we
1: have got radishes now have my first time growing radishes
0: Very nice. yeah but i i read some article that essentially something can be classed as organic if it re- reaches a certain amount of criteria mm.
1: Well, it's like so sort of it's a, chickens, it's, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's a marketing label. It's not. Mm. It's not truly organic because nothing isn't on the planet anymore. I mean, Chernobyl went off not that long ago. It's, we're going to struggle to grow organic. Did stuff. you watch
1: the Ben Fogle visit Chernobyl? No, um, ninety-minute documentary like a couple of months ago. Wow! So he got like sort of pretty much unprecedented access and went into that sort of reactor room, reactor four, whatever it was. But he went out and met residents who still live around the local area. There's one woman who refused to leave, and she's still about a hundred or something. Three heads and two. Uh, wow. Well, well, yeah, her dog yeah. looked very strange, but really fascinating. Fascinating. I, I love Ben Fogel, I'll be honest. Um, really, really interesting. I
0: like Ben Fogle. He broke out on that the Iron reality place. show, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, but he's been to the theatre and shoes a few times. Hasn't yeah, he? I had I've got tickets, and then obviously got cancelled because of the pandemic. Oh, uh, Shit. Oh, we'll have to go and see him.
1: Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, like you say about all organic and and how you label some stuff. It's some might say it's just clever marketing. It's like people who like, you know, I want to uh, eat healthy and, and that's great and, and I want to look after the environment and that's great and I'm eating these blueberries. What, the ones that have been flown from Peru? Yeah, like yeah. December, where, where do you think fucking blueberries are going to be grown? Yeah. <laughs> Not going to be grown down the road in Somerset.
0: Oh. I, I had that, I was making myself sound really old to the team yesterday, which I find is becoming more and more frequent. And it started off about how my grandparents' toilet used to be outside. That blew their minds. But also they grew their own vegetables, and the only vegetables they ate were their own. Oh, it was eat. mostly potatoes and green beans. I'd, oh, I, I, i would not even. I most supermarkets don't even have that type of green bean anymore. Like the the, the big ones. Oh, Okay. And they were like a staple. <laughs> I was growing what, up what were they blown away by? Just the fact that. I'm like shitting outside. My, yeah, that's that's that's. Well, it wasn't out, it was in an outhouse, in but an outhouse. it was literally an outhouse. Oh,
1: don't tell me my grandparents, they had an outhouse and a tin bath. My mum used to, have, yeah, in the tin bath once a week. Coal fire.
0: fired tin bath, yeah, oh, exactly. Um, God, we could have the same grandparents. How, <laughs> how weird do, would that be? Probably do. Well, are um, in Shropshire after all. But yeah, they essentially had an allotment in their back garden, so it was like rhubarb, green beans, potatoes, carrots, um, cabbages. But if, I don't think. Until his dying day, I don't think my granddad had an avocado or a blueberry. He had an, a- he'd had an apple. A banana was considered exotic. Oh, God, yeah. I so, bet my grandad, yeah, a, a, an avocado. Just like, no, never. And that's all because of advertising. You can get, you could have a wholesome diet based on foods that you could only grow in your back garden. I've got to be honest, there aren't many markets easier to, to, to market than
1: health nutrition, wellness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously there, there's a lot of bullshit to cut through but there are some like like we're about to, to start some exciting work with a, a well-being company and they've got some amazing products. In fact, they sent us some products and they, they really are cool. And there's a huge, huge national, international opportunity for them and I'm sure we'll be able to do some great stuff together because they, they, the ethical company, believe in what they do, great products and everyone else that does what they do is shit. Yeah, They're just trying to just believing in volume, just trying to flog stuff as as quickly as possible. Trying to um, do as many shortcuts as possible. Yeah. Trying to, you know, like you say, get get the quick win. Launch a mad campaign. Hope they squeeze it past Facebook's approval box quickly. Make as much as you can in twenty four hours, and then get out before their accounts close down.
0: And we see that a lot on Facebook at the moment. And and to sort of round us back up to the subject, that's where that? <laughs> that's where Ogilvy was great. Because he really did believe in the power of advertising and the power of marketing, but his principle was mm. he had to be telling the truth, mm. and that's that's so important. You know, if a brand walked into Code Break and they said, "Well, we've got these a good way of explaining it actually, we've got these children's toys, they've got nails in, but nobody knows, so we need to shift them quickly. We've got a big budget. Can you help?" Well, the answer is, yes, we could help. No, we won't, because of the moral principle. But there are advertising agencies and marketing companies out there that would. And, and Ogilvy has set a framework to say, well, no, it only works as far as your own morals, your own values. And if, if eventually the product doesn't stand up to the story you tell everyone's going to get found out. And we've seen that. It happened with Sunny Delight in the 90s. Do you remember this? Oh, where, oh, the tooth rotting stuff. When kids were turning orange. And suddenly everyone was like, Sunny it, D. everyone was like, oh shit, it's not orange juice. It's not good for me. No, it's fucking orange squash. And you, you're turning your kids into and it, you know, And we've seen that a few times with a few different things where products have been recalled that have been massively, massively pushed. And then... You know, but like when those Samsung started bursting into flames on planes and stuff like that.
1: Well, most business owners, they're in business for the long haul and they need to treat their marketing the same. Mm. You, can't, you can't help or address a long-term challenge with a short-term solution or worse, a, a series of short-term solutions. Yeah. You know, you're, you're advertising, your marketing. That's your livelihood. That, that's going to produce the lifeblood for your business.
0: That's a great way of putting it, the lifeblood
1: of your business. It needs, it needs to be treated accordingly. And again, Ogilvy knew this decades ago. And sometimes I think in this game, we, we need to forget about the next shiny thing and look at some of these old school principles that still sound even today.
0: You ready for the outro music? Oh, yeah.